Dear Father, uh, as we come before you, God, we can ask you about all things. And Lord, we lift Phil up to you. God, restore uh, his health. Lord, help that uh, pinched nerve to heal up, Lord, and that you'll bring him back to us quickly and give him relief from that. I know it's very difficult for him. And let him know how much uh, he is loved. Maybe some people will send him some encouraging emails or something just saying they're praying for him whatever it is god uh, it will encourage his heart and god also our guys that are here the fathers and uh, the men that will be fathers and the grandpas and everything god we are thankful for them and we're thankful god that uh, as we come before you as men that you change us when we look to you and your things we can become the person that uh, you want us to be, and that makes a difference to all the people that we're around. So help us in that today. Thank you for the fathers. Thank you for this time, God, too, that we can remember that you are the ultimate father, and you have shown us the way in all things, and your son gave his life for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's something, I, you know, because it was Father's Day and stuff, I was wondering, because I was trying to think, when did Father's Day start? When did we call it a national day to remember or whatever and stuff? So I started looking into it, and most of the stuff that was here I didn't know. And I'm not the smartest person here in the congregation, but I'm not the, well, depends on who you talk to. I'm not the one that doesn't maybe know the least either I don't know but so I'm going to share this with you and we're all going to go out of here probably a lot of us a lot smarter about Father's Day so listen to this Father's Day is a day set apart to celebrate fatherhood recognize the influence of our fathers in homes and society and foster parental bonds it is also celebrated to honor and commemorate our fathers and our forefathers while it is celebrated in the U.S. on the third Sunday of June in many other countries, it is officially recognized on different days. The dates vary. It is believed that Father's Day was first observed on June 19, 1910 in Spokane, Washington. So that's cool, isn't it? Through the efforts of Sonora Smart Dodd, a Christian woman and the daughter of an American Civil War veteran, William Jackson Smart, Sonora's mother died when she was 16 and she wanted a day that would commemorate and honor fathers like her own who had raised her and five other children. Once she began soliciting the idea of the official Father's Day, she met some opposition and even derision. But she persevered. A bill was introduced in Congress in 1913 and in 1916, President Woodrow Wilson spoke at a Father's Day celebration in Spokane, Washington, wanting to make it an official holiday, but Congress still resisted. In 1924, Calvin Coolidge became involved, and in 1930, a national committee was formed by various trade groups in an effort to legitimize the holiday. Now, remember this. 1930, they created a committee, okay? The battle continued, and in 1966, President Lyndon Johnson made a proclamation for the third Sunday of June to be Father's Day. Finally, it was made 
an official national holiday when President Nixon signed a similar proclamation in 1972. The committee got a hold of it in 1930 and in 1972. You know, does that sound like committees? Okay. And then here's the interesting side note. In 1914, President Woodrow Wilson approved a resolution that made the second Sunday in May a holiday in honor of mothers. So the fathers followed quite a few years later. But interesting, just trivia there for you for Father's Day. As I was preparing something, now you got to cut me a break, you know, because yesterday morning I found out what I was going to be doing today. So I thought, I got 20, 20 minutes here, and if I read, let's see, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 pages here, that'll take about 20 minutes out of the book. So, you know, I thought that was pretty easy. So, <laughs> no, I'm, I, I'm kidding you, but listen to this forward. This is a book, it's called. Dad, the Family Mentor, and uh, Dave Simmons wrote it, and I grabbed some stuff out of Phil's library just to look at to give me some thoughts, and when I come across this, I thought, this is interesting, and I'll tell you why as we go through it, but just listen to what he says here. A father, one of the easiest titles to get and one of the most difficult positions to fill. Most of us men have no problem asking the investment advice of a financial planner and have no reason to hide from other men that we regularly seek help in this area of our life. Most of us wouldn't hesitate to hire a golf pro to help us tame a slice and look for every opportunity to tell others, complete with a demonstration of the secret pro grip guaranteed to keep your ball dry. Yet few of us would ever ask the advice of others on how to be a better father. In the most important and perhaps the most difficult area of our lives, we are afraid to ask for help, unable to admit our failures, and reluctant to share our fears with those who might help us out. Dad is our most important title. It doesn't come with business cards, but it has plenty of perks and many challenges. The stakes are large. The church has our children for 1% of their week, the school another 16%, and the rest falls on us. The home environment we provide and the time we give. Healthy families require a strong, competent president and chief executive officer, the father. All other family members take their cue from him. The family direction, the family culture, the family survival flows from the father. Yet too often the father neglects his role as president of the family to place all his time, energy, and creativity in his role in other ways. And the choice is foolish. The results are disastrous. As a result, the state of fatherhood in this country is in a depression that no tax cut, no change in economic policy can remedy. The typical father cannot relate to his wife. He is distant from his children. He is insecure about his role. He is confused about what solutions he should pursue. Worst of all, even if he had the courage to break the invisible barrier of asking for advice, he wouldn't know where to go. Now, as we listen to that, we we see truth in what uh, Simmons is saying here in this book. But you know, as a... As I read that and I read the truth of that, 
Here's what I thought. This isn't the way it is in the church. We have fathers in the church who are godly men. We can have many father figures from within our church family. And as I thought about this, even as I look around here, I see guys in here that were like fathers to me. And there's some guys that aren't here that were. I grew up in the church, Libby Christian Church here from 1967 when I was six years old. I've grown up and there's guys that have passed away and went on to heaven already and stuff, but they were like fathers or grandfathers to me. Our men are not perfect, but those who are trying to live as the father or the man that God wants them to be, they're good role models for all of us, aren't they? God and His Son, Jesus, are good role models. And, by the way, they are perfect. So, what they've shown us to do is perfect. Sometimes in our ways of dealing with things as fathers, we mess up. We know that. But the church is such a good place to find the men maybe that we missed out in our life for different reasons. In between services, I was talking to a person, we were talking about this, and you know, sometimes it isn't even a bad family situation where like a father wasn't there or whatever. Sometimes it's just miles that separate us. Things like that. And the church helps take place for that. People that don't have those father figures can find it in the church. And wow, you know, I don't even know how to thank God for that. And growing up with it my whole life, sometimes I have to sit back and pay attention and and realize what I have enjoyed through the people in the church. And today we're talking about fathers, but it's the same way with the mothers. But this puts a big responsibility on the men in the church and uh, to be the man that God intends us to be. And in thinking about this, I thought about my dad. And my dad's name is Dean Burns Sr. We call him Sr. because our names are the same, his and mine. In fact, the nickname for me is Deanie because my dad you know, was Dean and I was Deanie and that's just the way it's been. And I tell people, my friends call me Deanie and my parents still call me Deanie, but uh, that's how it came about. And my dad is... Uh, a, a very good Christian guy, and he always has been since I was born, and been involved in church and the things of the church, and and just a good person. And he's the type of person that's easy to get along with. And um, I've never had anybody tell me they don't like my dad. If you don't like my dad, don't tell me. It could be hazardous to your health. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds tough, doesn't it? But (laughs) I'm joking. But he was a good man of God, so I can associate these things easily with my dad. And one of the things, one of the stories that, that in my life with my dad that stuck with me was in 1993, September 1993, myself and my dad and Nick Ferguson and Doug Johnson, who is here, we we had this float trip planned that we were going to canoe down the Missouri River from Fort Benton. You you put in the river there. You go 149 miles and you get out at uh, Fred Robinson Bridge down river. And so we were going to spend a week doing this. Had a wonder, wonderful time. And, and, you know, we could sit down and talk 
for hours and hours amongst ourselves about that, the ones of us that went on that trip. But one, one evening, it was the fourth or fifth night, Dad and I were in the tent, and I said, well, Dad, what do you think about this float trip, you know? How, how do you uh, like it and stuff? And he, he said, man, you know, this is cool. And he said, and I really enjoy getting to spend the time with you. Because in 1986, they left from Libya and moved to Spokane. So uh, it was a chance for us to spend some good quality time together. And uh, then he said, but you know what? I miss your mom. And he said, I have a hard time being away from your mom this long, and I'm really going to be happy to see your mom again. Well, did that make me mad? No. It didn't make me mad. It made me happy that he loves my mom that much. But here's the other thing about it as I thought about that is my dad didn't just say things like that. He really did love my mom. He really does love my mom. And he has uh, my whole life, the things that he said at church about relationships and loving your wife and kids and friends and things like that. My dad practiced those things too. So see, it had a meaning to me. Because it wasn't just words. Sometimes we can say the words that we need to say, but those who are close around us, like kids, they see dad or grandpa for who they really are because they spend time with them in different places than just at church. You see what I mean? So, as guys, we have to look at that. You know, am I the only one here that has messed up as a guy? Has any of you other guys messed up? Steve, you've messed up. Raise your hand. <laughs> Good grief. He's got his hand down. I know him. I grew up with him. And I can... You guys better come on. Let's see a few more hands or I'm going to start telling stories. Okay, that's better. Nick, did you have yours up? Yeah. He better. But anyway, because I can... You know, I know I'll start just... I'll put you guys in your place. I can tell you that much the ones of I, that I know. And then some of you will make something up. But no, we, we, uh, we do mess up. But here's the cool thing is in the church and as we get around God's people and stuff, God starts changing us, right? And some of those things that we used to do and that we're ashamed of and we don't want to even hear the stories about some of those things that happened in the past. God takes us beyond that because God makes us more like Him and more like His Son, Jesus. And as I thought about these things, take your Bible and turn to the book of John, chapter 14. I'll wait a minute, or not a minute, but a little bit here for you to get to uh, John chapter 14. And we're going to start in verse 5 and read through four, verse 14. But in my Bible, I have the New International Version. It says, Jesus, the way to the Father. That's what the heading is there. So John chapter 14, verse 5. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father that, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? 
Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now see here, we see and we know that Jesus obeyed his Father and he accomplished the will of the Father. And that was God's plan to redeem man with the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. And Jesus loved the Father and did what he did for us dying on the cross and fulfilled the uh, will of his Father. And that rescued all of us from the consequences of our sin. But Jesus tells the disciples, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So, as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, what about us as Christian men in the church, God's church, God's children, and Jesus is God's Son, we are sons of God, right, guys? Do people see the Father in us when they see us? We're talking about God the Father, and that was some of the things I think about. And then when I think back to my dad... I see the things of God that was in my earthly father. He helped show me that. I think of guys in the church that I've spent my life with that have shown me things of the father. I've had them say and do things in my life and say, gee, why did I do that? That's not right. I shouldn't do that. You should have told me about that or you should have knocked me up side the head or whatever, but see guys being changed by Jesus and trying to be more like God the Father. Isn't that neat? Because we have a pattern. We have God's Word. And so that is what I'm thankful for as I think about Father's Day and what I read earlier this morning out of that book, why the church isn't like that. We are in a society where fatherhood has been very cheapened and generations of guys not knowing what it's really like to be a father. But then we move into God's kingdom and our little church here in Libby, Montana, we get to see fathers that are not perfect, but they know a perfect God and they have a perfect Savior, Jesus Christ, and they start making changes in their lives. Sometimes it starts from the time they're kids, sometimes teenagers or anywhere between zero to a hundred. It can start out with people walking in their relationship with God. I am thankful for that. And that's why things can be different in the church and the family of God, His family here. But remember this, men, I'm talking to all of us. You are children of the Father and we are different because Jesus has shown us the way He has shown us the way to live as children of the living God. Isn't that good stuff? It is. Will you please pray with me?
Dear Father, as uh, we come before you, God, uh, we know what a good Father you've been to us, God, even when we don't recognize that. And we live in a society where people mock you, God, and they say things like, if God is a loving God, how can he let the things happen that are happening? God, and your word tells us that we chose sin, and we have to acknowledge that. And so the things that are happening around us are our choice. But you're there to rescue us with your son, Jesus. Thank you for that. Thank you for um, always being there for us and for always loving us. And God, as fathers today, thinking about Father's Day, God, let all of us and these men here think, are they reflecting um, the Father and what the Father wants, that being you, God, in our lives? And uh, we can always make change through your help and your strength. So we love you, God, and we thank you that you have loved us so much. And thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.